0: You are our Savior. You are our Lord. And we love you, Lord. We love being together. We love singing about you. We love seeing how you just come into the history of our lives and make it your story. We love seeing how, Lord, you work all things together for good. Things that we can't work out, you work through. And you bring them and you you place them. And you make everything perfect. Lord, we thank you. You are our Savior, our Lord, our friend, our brother. And Lord, we just want to thank you today for your goodness. We will never stop thanking you for your goodness. Lord, as your people, thank you for allowing us to be lavished with your love and your care and your company. Lord Jesus, we never take it for granted, but we praise you in this place. And all God's people said, amen. "Amen." Come on, let's give him another shout of praise in this place, and you may be seated. Wonderful. Well, we are on the eve of a brand new year. Fantastic. 2018, we're about to step over that line in but a few hours, and I wonder what you think about the year that we're leaving behind. I wonder when you look back on this last past year, you know, at the end of every year, I think all of us maybe reflect on some of the things that we've been through, reflect on some of the decisions that we've made. We take a kind of inventory of our lives and, and we just reflect over some of the things that we've been through. Maybe 2017 was a great year for you. Maybe it was a year of advancement, of achievement, and you would be able to tick off your list all of the good things that, that you've been involved in and that you've accomplished, that God's done in your life, that's great. It's great to have a year like that. It's great to achieve and to progress and to advance. And you know, I really do believe that Jesus wants us to progress. He wants us to advance. He wants us to experience great and wonderful things in our lives. I don't believe that God ever wants us to wake up on the wrong side of bed. Although many times, many times we, we may, you know, throw the alarm clock off the dressing table and roll over to the other side, pull the covers over our head and just say, oh, do you know what? I don't want to get up today. We've all had days like that. But do you know what? God really does want us to reign in life. In fact, the Bible says that. He wants us to reign in life, not to be ruled by life. Life can be hard. Circumstances can come, but God does want us to have the upper hand, I believe, in life. We can't do it without Him. We really can't. We might as well just come out in the open. We need to be dependent more than ever. We need to be closer more than ever, and we need to be aware that He never leaves us or forsakes us, We can't do it without Him, but God does want us, I believe, to get up on the right side every morning and be able to face life strong, be able to rule and reign in life. The Bible talks about this in lots of lots of ways. When Jesus is in our life, you know, we're not retreating. We're advancing. When Jesus is at the center of our lives, it doesn't mean to say that we're perfect. Far from it. It doesn't mean to say that everything around us is ordered and in place. Very often, that isn't the case. But you know, when Jesus is at the center of our lives, walking side by our side when we are aware that He will never leave us or forsake us. It, it enables us to come at life from a strong position. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. The Bible says that, you know, uh, all things work together for good to those that love God to those that are called according to His purpose. Somehow God gets into the mess of life, into the complexity of life, and makes it work for you. Makes it work for you. We don't have to live under a rain cloud for the next 365 days that are ahead of us. Yes, there will be some hard times. Yes, of course, there will be some times that we don't understand that may leave us confused, but somehow God wants to come into those moments and make us strong. We may look back on this year, and like I said, we may be able to tick off all of the good things. Some of us really, you know, when the chips are down, when, when, when everything's on the table, we may look back at 2017, and it may be a year that we're really glad to leave, that we're really glad to to get away from and forget. And that's okay as well. But you know what? Whether you're at a high point today or whether you're at a low point, whether you feel that you're, you're you know, at, at a great advantage in your life or whether you feel that you're at a disadvantaged place, God has a word for each one of us. You know, I remember years ago, It was in a it was in a New Year's Eve service, and um, i was I was just about to preach in in a church, and this man was brought to me, and uh, you know i I was ready in myself to preach and and the pastor said to me, "Listen, can you pray for this guy? He's really uh, suffering from heavy depression, right so I mean." you know, he he was really, really under a dark place in his life, really in a dark place in his life. He wasn't reigning in life. Life was reigning over him. Circumstances and all of his past was holding him back, holding him down. And, you know, I I mean, look at me. What can I do for anybody? But you know what? That man came... And Jesus, Jesus came into that moment. You see, we can't do anything for anybody, but Jesus can make the change. Jesus can can transform, revolutionize your life, and, and make all things new. He, in a moment, can, can remove all of the the unscalable obstacles that are facing you and all the chains that are holding you. In a moment, he can, he can change it all. And this man came to me and, you know, I was being honest with you. I was just going to pray the prayer and just, you know, be on my way to do what I've got to do, to do what I had to do. I didn't have any great expectation. Little did I realize that Jesus was going to come into that moment, that things were going to come out of my mouth that I hadn't planned to say, and that man's life was going to change. You know, the guy came up to me, and he was in a pitiful state, pitiful state, visually, head low, could hardly talk, you know, couldn't stop crying, his emotions completely shattered. And... You know, it didn't matter how many resolutions that man had or that man could possibly make on the eve of a new year, no resolution was going to see him through into the new life that he really desired. But a revelation from God, above every human rev- resolution, brought change and direction and joy and freedom and transformation into that man's life. I tell you, when Jesus Christ comes into any situation, it doesn't matter what situation He comes into, when He stands in the center of any human condition, you can be assured of one thing, many things, but one thing you can be certain of. If you listen to Him, things are going to change if you listen to Him, you're going to be transformed. If you listen to Him, you're going to experience a level of life that you never thought existed. It doesn't come from a fancy preacher preaching a sermon. It comes from a one-on-one connection, audience, intervention with none other than the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Why, don't, why do you want to go and visit a man? Why do you want to go and visit, you know, Prophet Zuma Zuma when you can have an audience with the King of Kings, my friends? You know, I remember, I remember praying a prayer years ago, years ago, and I, I learned this lesson early on I said to the Lord, I, I was in my teens, I said, you know, you, 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 you flick through the Christian TV. I've got no problem with Christian TV. I think it's fantastic. No problem. So please, I'm not making remarks about, about Christian TV or anybody on it. I'm just telling you of the wrong perception that I had, okay? I, I used to watch that stuff and listen to that stuff and still do. But this was my desire, oh, Lord, one day I'd love to spend time with that man of God. Have you ever prayed prayers like that? Have you ever had a thought like that that's gone through your mind? Wow, that man, that woman, they're at a place with you that's incredible. If I could just get time with them, if I could just learn from them, I I would do anything. Please, Lord, I'm asking you to to set it up somehow. I want to spend time with this man, this man that knows you. Do you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? He said, Dave, he he said, you can spend time with me if you want. And then it struck me. Then it really struck me. Do you want to spend time with the King of Kings? the creator of the universe the lord of all almighty i mean we can go through all of his titles or do you want to spend time with somebody that's that's flawed and faulty and earthbound i'm not i'm not decrying spending time with people that love jesus but i'm just saying the priority should be spend time with jesus <laughs> spend time with jesus listen to him listen to him because he's got a word for you. And I'm just like a nothing that comes out of my mouth today let me just help you is going to change your life. Because my words are just like your words. They don't do much. A lot of hot air and spit, right? But I'm telling you now, I am just like a signpost today that's pointing you in the right way to go. And this is the simple message. Just listen to Jesus. Just listen to Jesus, because He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak great things to you. He wants to speak things to you that you've never heard, that's never entered into your mind, that's going to set your life and your course on fire. You may be in the condition that you're in today, because you've heard all of the voices around you, but Jesus' voice. Well, Maybe today you're going to switch off. You're going to tune out all of those other voices and you're going to begin to hear His wonderful voice coming through and it's going to build you up and it's going to take you into everything that He's planned for you. Well, anyway, I spoke to that man. Well, the Holy Spirit spoke to that man through my, through my voice and uh, nothing seemingly changed. And I mean, I'm, I, I hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to this man, and I'm thinking, blink your neck. These are big words. These are big statements. I'm not sure if he, I even believe them, because this man is in such a pitiful condition. I went there a number of months after to that church. The man comes up to me. Now, this is months after, maybe six months after and he grips my hand, and he's, he, I mean, now he's a complete, I didn't recognize the guy, he's, he's, he's jumping, he's, he's, like, he's, like, he's like a live wire, jumping up and down, grabbing me, full of joy, crying, tears of joy now, his life's been completely changed, completely transformed, and he said, Dave, he said, after you said what you said, he said, I I really went home and didn't think much about it. I didn't think that anything was going to change because nothing did change. But he said, it happened the next day in the park. He said, suddenly, I was walking in the park like I always did. My head was bowed. All of those horrible emotions were on me like a weight. He said, "I I, I, I couldn't get out of it. It was like a cesspool. And he said, then suddenly... He said, it was as if light hit me. He said, that's all I can, he said, that's all I can describe it. He said, it's indescribable. He said, it's like light hit me, and I just started laughing uncontrollably. I could not stop laughing. And he said, I've been set free ever since. You see, the Bible says, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. It doesn't say, whom the preacher sets free. No, no, there's no human being that can set us free, friends. There's no human being. There's no device. There's no, um, there's no hobby. There's no entertainment that can give you freedom. There's only one person that can give you freedom. His name is Jesus. Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and when He sets you free, you are completely free. You'll never be bound again. You'll never be bound again when He sets you free. Resolutions are going to be set tonight with excitement. People are going to announce them, what they're going to do and what they're going to achieve over the next 12 months. That's good. That's good if you've got some lined up brilliant. No problem with it. No problem with it. But very often, we all know that shortly into a new year, those resolutions get broken and crushed just simply by the monotony of life. Life doesn't respect resolutions. Life doesn't respect The new hobbies, the new habits, the commitments that you announce, life doesn't respect it. It just comes in as normal and it breaks your, or it tests that resolution to the limit. And that's why very often those resolutions, sadly, are are statements of defeat, really. Desires and aspirations of what we want to achieve, but very often... They get left behind as we just move with the course of life as we get taken along. But you see, revelation is something completely different. Completely different. When God speaks, when Jesus speaks to you, when the Holy Spirit talks to you and me, something changes that life can't break apart something happens. You get transformed in a way that, that is unalterable. Life and all of its complexities cannot, cannot undo the work of God in your life. It can't undo it. It can contradict it. It can, it can challenge it. But when something has happened in the core of your being, change has taken place, transformation has begun, and life with all of its circumstances cannot undo the work of God in your life. Now, God's going to bring a revelation, a revelation of His Word into your heart, into your life, and it's going to become really fruitful. God doesn't promise to bless my resolution or your resolution. But He does promise to bless His Word, His his revelation into your heart. He does promise that His Word will not return to Him void without accomplishing that for which it is sent. Could I say to you that God is sending you a Word? Sending you a Word. I want you to just become aware, to become open, to, 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 to receive it to be ready for it, to be waiting for it, to be asking for it. And for each one of us, it could be different. For each one of us, it could minister to a different area of our lives, but as we give it room, like a seed, as it's allowed to be planted and germinate in the soil of our heart, that thing will bring forth great fruit, greater fruit than any resolution. Greater fruit than any work of our hand. God's Word. So just become aware of that. Years ago, I've mentioned this before. Um, Years ago, I had um, an issue in my life that I couldn't deal with for eight long years, right? And uh, initially, I didn't know what it was. But uh, the symptoms were were making themselves known. I I had some warts on my hand. I went to the doctor, and the doctor looked at the warts and he says, uh, he said, "Do you know what these warts are from?" I said, "No." He examined me. He said, "Do you know what these warts are from?" I said, "No, doctor." He said, "These warts are from stress, stress." I said, "I haven't got any stress. I'm a pastor." Pastors live a very unstressed life. I ain't got any stress, doctor. He said, no, he said, you, he said there's an issue of stress in your life. Anyway, I forgot that. I thought, ah, man, what do doctors know? A couple of years went by, and the warts went away. And I'm thinking, I ah, see, doctor's wrong. He doesn't know what, it, what he's talking about. And then I got a rodent ulcer on my face. And um, if you you know anything about rodent ulcers, they're very aggressive. It's a form of skin cancer. And I went to the doctor, I, I didn't know what it was. I said, Doctor, what's this? He said, That's a rodent ulcer. And he looked at it and he says, it's it's very aggressive. He said, We better, he said, we better operate on this thing. I've had plastic surgery it's fantastic. If you need some, listen. Don't delay. Just go ahead and do it. I've had it. Look at me. It's fantastic. Look what it does for you. So anyway, he said, look, he said, you need, you need to get that thing taken off your face because they're rodent ulcers. They're, they're cancerous. They're very aggressive. They've got, it's all kind of weird stuff. It's got roots and it It grows. And it, it would have literally, if it, had, if it had have been left, it would have just spread right across my face. That's how aggressive they are. So it's not, it's not cancer in the sense of, you know, it being internal, but it's, it's, it's as aggressive and as nasty as cancer in that it's very visible and it's on the outside. So I said, wow, I didn't realize that, that it, it was so bad. He said yeah he said you need to go to Morriston Hospital and he said we're going to he said we're going to cut that thing off your face and g- we're going to cauterize it with a laser to really remove it. So he said but he said Do you know he said Do you know why? He said Do you know why you've uh, you've got this rodent ulcer on your face. I said no doctor I don't know why. He said he said the same reason why you had warts on your hand stress. I said, doctor, I haven't got any stress. I'm a pastor. I go to church. He said, I, I haven't got any stress. He said, no, you've got, he said, you've got stress. Anyway, I got it. I got that thing cut off, cauterized, and didn't they do a good job? What do you think? Right? One clap. Yes, at least I got one. <laughs> right? so anyway, right? That was that. I, 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 I left it. I, I left that alone, and um, I thought, well, you know, it's done now. But you see, what was happening is the doctor was doing a great job, and the hospital did a great job with dealing with the symptoms, but the source of it all was going untreated. It was going untreated. So, I was in a continual cycle of stress, and the source, whilst the source went untreated, the symptoms would just grow and just manifest in different ways. But you see, Jesus doesn't just want to deal with the symptom. He wants to get to the source, right? John put it like this, the ax is laid at the roots. He wants to take those roots out so that you can be free, so that when the source is dealt with, the symptoms are, are eradicated as well. Anyway, a couple of years later, I thought, you know, yeah, I'm free. I just kept on going through the the you know the motions of life. And then I got this really bad eczema on my on my eyelids. And I mean it was again really aggressive, flared up, and my there would be like dry skin on my on my eyelids. And uh, it was it was like it was it was like eczema, and it would get so um, irritating that my my eyelids would, would bleed, right? And there would be like cuts, and they would be really sore. Go to the doctor. Say, hey, doctor, good to see you again. <laughs> By this time, we're on first name, you know, terms. Doctor, good to see you again. I I I just want. You to have a look at my eyes. I said, right, we've looked at your hand. We've looked at your face, and now we're looking at your eyes. What's wrong? I said, well, I've got this, re- I've got this eczema. It's like eczema, and it's itchy. Uh, oh, I can see, he said. He said, um, he said, you know what that's from, don't you? I said, no, doctor. I'm a very simple person. No, I haven't got a clue. He said, it's from stress. It's from stress. I said, all right. And the penny started to drop now. He said, but I can give you something for it. I can give you something for it. Give you this steroid cream. You're going to be on it for the rest of your life, okay? But it's going to help. It's not going to cure it, but it's going to take the itching away. And it's, it's going to give you a temporary fix, really. So I used the steroid cream and I would I would go back and forth to the chemist and and I would treat this eczema, I would treat this condition, this symptom in my life whilst knowing that Jesus wanted to heal me, whilst knowing that that, that Jesus had the answer to set me free. And I, I would ask him, I would ask him, I would say, Oh Jesus, look, I don't want to have this condition. In my life, I don't I, I want you to heal me. I, I believe what you say, I believe that you are the healer, genuinely. I believe that you know you want to do something about this in my life. Please help me. Well, it went on year after year after year. And then one day, on a Wednesday night, I was in my room and something happened. That would change my life in that area forever. Okay. Jesus spoke to me. Right. Not you know. When I say. In a little whisper. Right. Don't think you know. Angels and trumpets. And you know a big shout. And the heavens opening. Just in a little whisper. In a little whisper. And uh, he said this. Who is the one person in your life that speaks to you more than anybody else? Who is the one person in your life that speaks to you more than anybody else? Then I came up with a number of answers. Maybe it's God. Maybe God's the person that speaks to me. Maybe God is the one person in my life that speaks to me more than anybody else. Well, that wasn't true, okay? Maybe it was Faye. Maybe it was my family. Maybe it was friends. But when I came down to it, I realized that it wasn't God. It wasn't family or friends or anybody else. The one person that was speaking to me more than anybody else was me, was me. And therefore, I had to come to the realization of if I was the one that was speaking to me more than anybody else, shouldn't I evaluate the conversation that I was having with myself on a continual basis? And as I began to examine that conversation, as I began to examine what I was saying to myself, I got to the source, the root, the root of the issue of why I felt so stressed out, by life, And I'm telling you, when I dealt with that voice and when God's voice replaced all of those other internal voices, that, that condition was cured and I was healed, set free in under, listen, in under a week. In under a week. And I've never had it since. It didn't come through a preacher. It didn't come from a hand going on my head. It didn't come from anything else other than a, a, a simple connection with Jesus in a bedroom that, that seems so unspectacular. But I'm telling you, the most unspectacular moments of our lives can be the greatest moments of our lives that we will remember forever. I will never, ever forget what happened on that night and the Word that God Gave me. Now, for the time we've got left, I want us to read from John chapter 5. And we're going to read about a man that I'm sure had many resolutions. Okay? We're going to read about a man that had aspirations and desires and dreams. Like all of us, he wanted to go somewhere with his life. He wanted to progress. He wanted to advance. He wanted his life to have meaning, like all of us do. And yet, year after year after year, he was in an unre- unrelenting cycle of defeat, an unrelenting, unchangeable cycle of despair. Let's read together John chapter 5, verse 1 to verse 13. It says this, After this there was a great feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water for an, angel, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, sir, I have no one, no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, who was it that cured you? It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, who made me, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one, but the one who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had with, withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterwards, Jesus found him. In the temple and said to him, see, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Any more? We're done. We're done. Lots of things amazing about this story, real life story of a man that was in a terrible condition. There's lots of messages, lots of things that we could pull out of this story But some of the things that I want to just simply put before you this morning is this. Firstly, the fact that this man was in the condition that he was in, lying by a pool called Bethesda, shows us that he was in a crisis. It shows us that he had an insurmountable problem. An impossibility was facing him whereby he was seeking healing, but he couldn't get his miracle that he desired. He was sat in Bethesda. Bethesda, the word Bethesda means house of mercy. Everybody around him was sat there with an expectation for God to do something in their lives, and yet that time never came. That man was sick and paralyzed for 38 years, a 38-year problem, a 38-year crisis in his life that was unrelenting. And he had to grow used to it. He had to embrace it. He had to put on a brave face and just get on with life the way that he could get on with life. He just had to cope with the circumstances that he was in because nobody could get him out of the place and the predicament that he was in. And then Jesus comes along. What amazes me is that Jesus can just resolve a 38-year problem in but a matter of moments. Jesus can resolve issues in our lives that seem so huge, so big, and He wants to. This is the gospel. This is the message. This is His love for us. He does not want us just coping with life, living under a crisis, being in a cycle of despair, hanging hanging around a place where we're hoping for a miracle, but the miracle never comes. And Jesus, understanding the predicament of this man, understanding that this man could do nothing for himself, understanding the long-term condition that this man was in, Jesus spoke to him. And he asked him a question. Now, the question, when you read it, seems really, it, it seems an uncaring question it seems so uncompassionate, especially from a person like Jesus. He just, you know, the guy's paralyzed, and Jesus asks him a simple question, do you want to get well? And that cuts across everything. Why was Jesus asking the question that he was asking? Surely the answer would be obvious. Surely the answer would be yes. But the response from the man wasn't yes, initially. The response from the man was, well, I haven't got anybody to take me to the pool when the waters are stirred. They had this superstitious idea about this pool being stirred by an angel, and when the waters would move, everybody would make a mad dash, and the first one in to the pool would get healed. It was superstitious. Jesus comes to the guy, and he says, do you want to get well? And the guy just begins to explain why he can't get well, begins to outline all of the reasons for why he can't go beyond where he is. You know, lots of times we've counseled with people, and we, we, we've talked to them about, you know, where they're at, and where they're at is a very difficult place. Where they're at is a crisis point. Where they're at, you would think that they would want to leave. But they'll give you 101 reasons why they can't leave where they are. And the reasons are very strong and very plausible. But Jesus cuts across all of our reasons. Thank God for that. He cuts across all of our excuses, like he did with this man after he'd asked him the question, and after the man had recited all of these reasons why he couldn't get into the pool, Jesus says this. We've read it, rise up. In other translations, it's a little bit more rude. He says, get up, get up, take up your bed, and walk. I love it. No big, no big sermon, no big explanation, just a command, a direct command. You obey me, you listen to me, and this is going to happen. Get up. The Bible says the man stands up and he begins to walk. He takes up his bed. The very thing that he had been lying on, the very thing that had brought him comfort, the very thing that had kept him where he was, he took up. He was now reigning over the thing that once ruled over him, that once defined him. You see, the, the, the miracle for the man was not in Bethesda. The miracle for the man was leaving Bethesda, moving away from it. Get up. And he gets up and he begins to walk. And he leaves that place. Now, do you know what I love about this? This is something I saw this morning. What I love about this is this the guy didn't even know Jesus, he didn't even have any history with Jesus. You think God will just do miracles for people that come to church on Sunday and sing in tune? You've got to be joking. God will do miracles for people that don't even know him. He couldn't even recall the name because he gets questioned along the way by these religious guys who wanted to, again, put him under the kosh, wanted to put him, you know, and bind him by rules and regulations. You would have thought that this man's healing would have brought great joy, great excitement instead he meets some, some really religious people on the way and they begin to question him. Well, who told you to take up your bed? You shouldn't be doing this. It's the Sabbath. Do you realize that the consequences of your action could result in death? There's no, there's no celebration for the new work in this man's life. And I'm telling you, when God does a work in your life... Get ready. There's going to be some people in front of you that are going to try and bind you again into things that you have been set free from. And you've got to be aware of those that are in front of you that you think would actually be championing your cause and your corner, and yet they'll come out and they'll, they'll, they'll come with their rules and their regulations as to why you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. You've got to be aware of that, and you've got to move around them. And on past them, like this man did, he gets up and they question him. Well, who told you? Who told you to do this? I don't even know. I don't know who told me. I don't know how this has happened. And then they find out it's Jesus and all hell breaks loose, you see. Jesus... When you listen to his voice, simple message today. We're going into a new year. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. When you listen to his voice and you obey it, you obey it, you take hold of it. Things are going to take place in your life. Change, transformation that you've long awaited is going to come about in your life. That you never thought possible. And you will give him praise for it. This man could have just lay around in that place all day long. And never gone anywhere. But Jesus moved in there. Jesus did not want this man going through another 20 years of pain. Another 20 years, 30 years of a life that's not achieving anything. Or going anywhere. Jesus gets him up on his feet, heals him miraculously, and the man is reigning in life. Message today is a simple one. A simple one. Maybe you've got to stop listening to the voice, voices that you've been listening to. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to examine the content of the conversation that you're having with yourself. This man was having a conversation with himself continually. Oh, if somebody could help me, but I haven't got anybody to help me, so I'm in this predicament. And then suddenly another voice cuts through, the voice of Jesus, a new voice, a new alternative, a new dimension, to live in, to rise into. Examine the content of the conversation that you're having with yourself. Deal with it. Let the Word of God come into it. And I'm telling you, your life will flourish. Your life will blossom. Your life will go to those heights and beyond those heights than you, that, that you expect and that you don't expect. And this is, this is a message for all of us. You see, we're continually in a conversation with ourselves. We're being influenced and pushed and pressured by forces that we can't see with our eyes, but somehow we feel and we're moved here and there. But the Word of God is living. The Word of God is active. It's sharper, the Bible says, than any two-edged sword. And the moment that, that you connect your heart and your faith to that Word, there's power to change your life. It's not in a sermon. It's not in the words of a man. Although they can help and they can encourage, but at best that's all it can do. It's the Word of God that changes a man or a woman. It's the Word of God that created the heavens and the earth that wants to that wants to seed itself in your heart. Don't despise the size of the seed. It's the Word of God. The Word of God. And as we allow it in and give it room, we will see our lives flourish and rise into everything that God has created us for. Many of us over this last year, I know, we, like Noel, have been able to look back and think, do you know what? I believe that word. And look what that word has done for me. I believe that word. My body's healed. My my mind's at peace. And even though circumstances may be difficult and tough, there is a deep-seated peace and rest in my soul that I don't have to leave. For others of us, it may be like it was for me. When I was struggling, it may be a time where you're just getting ready to receive a word to take you into a new place in your, in your life. Somehow you know. It's not that you're, you're, in, you know, you're sinning or you're doing anything wrong, but somehow you know there's more for you. Somehow you know that this is, this is just not the place to camp and this is not the place in life to just settle for. You know there's more. Ready yourself with that word. Hold on to it. Ready your heart to receive it. Let your heart be soft soil. Ready to accept the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, I pray today. Lord, for everybody under the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray. I thank you. We don't just have to go through the grind of life. We don't just have to endure life. You actually said I've come that you might have abundant life. Oh, Lord, what does that mean for each and every one of us? I pray, Lord, that we we would open that abundant life over this next year. I pray that that abundant life would be our experience. It would be our our life sphere that we live in, abundant life. Lord, I pray that if there's any areas in our lives, as as we're at the close of this year, if there's any areas in our lives that we feel bound by, held back by, Holy Spirit, would you go to work right now like you did for that man that I met in that church that day. Years and years of history of depression, unable to escape it, unable to, to free himself from it. But in a moment, a simple walk in the park, and a new life began. Lord, you did it for me in a bedroom, sat on a bed. Supernatural, supernatural encounter where my life changed. Something inside happened to me. Lord, I pray. You did it for the man by the pool of Bethesda. 38 year life condition, completely impossible. His future was set by his history. He couldn't set himself free. There was no expectation. You came in, he didn't even know you, and you commanded a new beginning. He's up on his feet and running around the place because you had set him free. Lord, you're incredible. Jesus, you love us. You love us so much that all of these aspects of our lives you want to touch and change and enhance and beautify cause to flourish and be fruitful. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name over your people. And I pray that there would be many testimonies Voicing your praise. Voicing the praise of your name. Not the name of any man, but the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that the testimonies of this next year would ring out in this place. Jesus healed me. Jesus saved me. Jesus set me free. Jesus provided for me. Jesus gave me peace, that your name would be on the lips of your people continually, that you would move among us. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on.